Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trudge through the ink and find the hidden gems. I'm Ishida Raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sirk the cat. Hi. Hello. Now, uh, before we do anything else, uh, <clears throat> Michelangelo is the orange one. Raphael is the uh, red one. Leonardo <laughs> is the blue one, and Donatello is the purple one. Now Were get you off my fucking about back. That? Wait, wait, wait! Did you get flack about that? <laughs> yeah, from, I did. Aside from, from <laughs> all right, I, I know, I know our, I know our editor gave you flack. <laughs> all right. Yes. Yes. But, like, uh, uh, Alex did give us flack, but or rather me flack, but uh, yeah. no, I had I had a person uh, who was like, uh, no, that's not what the Ninja Turtles names are, and uh, I did that voice, but they actually were being joking about it, but I still wanted to correct myself just so sure, yeah. you know, pretend they say, yeah, I I I know the ones I just like literally in all defense of myself, I have never seen a Ninja Turtles cartoon ever. Rapid I was fire, what's the blue the one? My head. The what? What's the light blue one? Oh, that one is uh, Mona Lisa. No! Venus of Milo, come on! Mona Lisa? Wait, did oh, you no, say... No, wait, no. <laughs> wait, okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I misremembered because Mona Lisa is a female, quote-unquote, turtle who is just a female gecko that got... No, v- Venus no, no, of Milo. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure. not kidding. I know that there was... There are two female Ninja Turtle-type characters. Okay. One was uh, the Venus de Milo, which is the one that was in the live-action show, and then there's Mona Lisa, who was this weird gecko lady or something like that who was also mutated by the mutagen and was only in, like, one or two episodes because she was not very popular. Could they That's really always. not? Could they really not think of the name of two female artists? I know, like they had to. They and, had to choose. They had to choose artworks by men. <laughs> and like, not well. just that though. Like, but not just that though. Um, like, I, okay. And another thing in my defense, why the fuck is the smart one, like the smart gadgety inventor type one, not named Leonardo? Like, seriously. <laughs> like, why is he not Leonardo? Like, Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci, you know, that, that makes sense, you know? He's the one who was the one to design all those crazy contraptions, you know? That makes some sense. I know but, less about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles than you do, so there's not really a whole lot that I could say to add to this. <laughs> right, no, but I mean... You're right. That's you're, you're not incorrect. Leonardo da Vinci was the... He was a very mechanical artist, I guess. Yeah, I don't exactly. Actually, yeah. Exactly, I don't know. he was... That's that's it's like uh you know that's why I went with that when I went in my head but yeah you know whatever um also I I do want to bring up uh while we're on the topic of TMNT uh just very briefly uh there is uh a article that a our listener linked us uh about the subject of April O'Neil and her uh, race mm-hmm. um and uh so the whole 
aspect of like April Neal originally being a mixed race African American woman um, is sort of kind of up to debate on what the author intentionality is, oh, okay. honestly, because uh, one of the co-creators never really thought of that. Like they never considered April Neal as anything other than a white person, though they, of course they have no trouble with any alternate interpretations. Uh, the closest we can get the other one to say was that they thought for a while that they were going to make April Neal Asian. Um, and then uh, in the end they went with a different one and they decided to give him the same name as an African-American uh, girlfriend that they had because they really liked that. That was basically the closest they ever got to oh. actually making hmm. like that, you know. Um, All right. And, well, thanks. Thanks for sending that in. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Like, like and and also to be also also ultra fair. Uh, there are depictions of April O'Neil from older eras, as well as just general comic appearances where April O'Neil has been black. Uh, it's not a thing that's never happened before. Um, but it is the first time it happens in the cartoons and, you know, it's still an interesting kind of, uh, subject to matter. Um, I kind of, I kind of like the idea of a character having that level of racial ambiguity in a way. No, I, I do think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, like the, the, the original comics, like I said, were in black and white and she yeah. had a very like, and there were certain colorizations of those comics that did kind of make her look a little mm-hmm. bit more of a light screen African American. And it's, you know, I, I'm fine with it, whatever interpretation she could be, you know, um, like it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird subject that's up to a lot of debate, but honestly, uh, it really shouldn't matter what skin color she is, except that it's, it's it just, it is important to see yeah, alternate rep- interpretations. Representation of, uh, matters. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. about representation and yeah. seeing a black April O'Neil is a decent choice, especially in a cartoon that really wouldn't have uh, any other minorities otherwise, uh, except for maybe Baxter Stockman sometimes. Right. Then just not not a lot of human characters in general, I think, is it, part exactly. of it. But yeah. Yeah. So you can't do a lot with diversity and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, you know, get it where you can. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, let's see. So I, I know that Cirque has something to talk about and I have something to talk about. Uh, so it might be a bit of a top heavy episode this time. Yeah. Um, I guess my only other thing I want to talk about, uh, let's see, let me double check if there's any other, like, well, I mean, there's the Incredibles two teaser that came out. Like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It looks really good. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. Like we, we expressed some concern that it was going to be the baby one, you know, where it's about Mm. having a baby and it didn't really seem like that. It felt like a lot of, a lot of like family dynamic comedy, which is mostly what I wanted. (laughs) So, well, yeah, I mean like, uh, the, the, if I did have a, like a serious complaint about the first Incredibles, Mm -hmm. it's that, that Bob Parr, uh, really is kind of a huge f- and in a way that like he never really has to learn too much uh, of his lesson other than like maybe talk a little bit more what he does, but he still does a lot of sh- behind people's backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I find that kind of unappealing, uh, especially since he's, he's, he is finding, you know, just having a normal life, you know, is this horrible, awful thing. And then it turns out that he is right. Uh, but Incredibles 2 is literally about Bob Parse having to deal with the fact that, yes, uh, 
he's not as important as his wife is right now. So he has to take care of his family and actually give a shit about that part of his life. And I kind of like that. (laughs) Sir, you like the Incredibles a lot. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm actually avoiding the teaser because I don't want to learn anything else about the movie until I see it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Are you plugging your ears? (laughs) While we talk about uh, no. it. <laughs> well, occasionally I'm taking my headphones okay. off, so. Yeah, all right, that's I fine. Mean, well, just take off your headphones off for just a moment, because I do want to mention something. Sure. Okay. Uh, just just put uh, me when, when uh, you're ready for me to come back in. And don't okay. don't don't listen to don't take off your headphones if you're listening to this episode too. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just I'd just be a couple minutes. Like all so I, fu- all future I was... future Cirque, take them off now. Okay, okay. they're off. <laughs> all right. Okay, um, all this is just that I really do like the fact that, uh, I, I well, for one, Bob Odenkirk being the bureaucracy guy, that's freaking great. I love him so much. <laughs> he's a little, um, he's a little typecast, isn't he? I don't know. I, I love Bob. I love Bob Odenkirk for the record. Yes, but, but that yeah. typecast, <laughs> that, that typecasting is it's like it's like getting uh, Patrick Warburton to be a big type tough guy in a suit. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's obvious, but you know what? I fucking love it. I don't care. Um, yeah, or, or like Alec Baldwin playing like a, you know, like a, a business man or a sleazy like, business dude or whatever. Yeah, like it's there are typecastings that work, and I think Bob Newman's on his groove, and it really works. Uh, um, the only other thing uh, is that I do also like the fact that uh, the super powerful one in this one that actually has the powers that people care about is Mrs. Incredible, because I love Mrs. Incredible, and she actually deserves to have a lot more uh, involvement in her own film. There you go. Yeah, that's great. We can say anything okay. we want about Cirque, and he will never find out. Uh, he is a very nice person, and I cannot wait to hug him again when we go to Disneyland this October. I like I Aww, like Cirque a lot. You. Oh, you're listening now. Oh, okay. You motherfucker. I was trying to be sincere and just pretend that you're going back, and then that I was talking shit about you, but now I'm just, you know, that I'm just being sincere and nice, and that's just not fair. All right. <laughs> Um, so I don't have anything else to add to the Incredibles 2 conversation. Do we want to talk about, uh, I, Cirque, you had two items. Yes. Um. Yes. Okay, so, uh, talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, uh, so one of the side characters that's shown up in that, in, like, the various series that they've had from time to time is finally getting his own work adapted, and oh, yeah. I know... Oh, yeah. I know Friend of the Channel Fire Ursine is super excited about this. I'm super excited about this. They are uh, this France-based uh, TV company called Gamal. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm probably butchering it. Is making a CGI TV adaptation of the uh, Usagi Yojimbo series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this that's... is like the super prolific comic series. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. pretty big uh, series. I've actually never read any. Uh, funny story, though. Um, there was... Uh, okay, so there's these places called Second and Charles. I don't know if you necessarily get them where you live. Um, they might be a nation brand. Um, but basically, they're a big, huge bookstore slash hobby shop kind of thing. Uh, outside the doors, they always have, like, a big box of stuff that is just free to take. Like, they have, like... And it's, like, basically the stuff they can never sell. Um, or they got damaged in some way or something like that. Uh, there's a lot of really hilarious uh, VHS tapes that I've stolen from there just so I can find, fi- like, because I think they're really, like, uh, like very, very weird and goofy, and I love it. Uh, uh, but then there's uh, there was a torn copy of Yusaji and Jimbo uh, in there, and I would have taken it, 
but again, it was torn. Like they, it was like literally torn in half. So I would have to puzzle piece like all the different pieces, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I feel like like Usagi Yojimbo is one of those books. Like there, there are so like when I look at like the on the anthology books, they're like a they're like a dictionary. They're like a book that yeah. I would put on. Yeah, they're like a book I would put on top of a plate to press tofu. <laughs> like really big, heavy. Like they, it reminds me a little of like when you see like the world encyclopedias. Like when I go to my friend's house and I see all of his Usagi Ojimbo uh, mm. comics like on his shelf, I'm always so impressed by like how massive it is. And it's it's such a it's a very beloved series by its fans. Uh, yeah. So that's really exciting. That's probably taken I mean, a long time for it to become adapted in this form. I, I probably we should probably explain briefly what that is because since all of us, all three of us are familiar, but I don't think everyone would be listening. Uh, I can explain. I'm not. I'm not familiar. Okay. Well, well I can explain. So, okay. uh, Usagi Ojimbo is about a uh, world like sort of a like feudal Japan type world filled with anthropomorphic animals. It follows a rabbit named Miyamo Usagi who's lost his ma- master and is a, basically. Going throughout Japan, sort of solving problems. That sort of, like, a uh, thing where he, like... Like, you know, the typical, like, Ronin sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a very traditional Japanese type of story arc, really. Yeah. A wandering samurai who uh, basically uh, saves villages from marauders and whatnot. You know? Yeah. And uh, it's an interesting concept. Uh, and, yes, there was a crossover with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, both... Uh, in the comics and in the TV show of all things. Uh, and that is a really weird little bit of trivia there, honestly, like, uh, Oh, another piece of weird trivia. Uh, apparently the guy who created it. Oh, what is his name? Stan Sakai. Uh, yes. Uh, he actually, uh, went to Anthrocon a few times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he's uh, a real sweetheart. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm he's really glad it. that he's getting this like opportunity to see his like uh, stuff adapted like this. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really probably. Cool. I, I I am looking forward to it. Anything that's talking animals and feudal Japan is pretty great in my opinion. So, uh, and so yeah, that's 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 a new one. Uh, what was your other thing you wanted to talk about? Okay, so the other thing I wanted to talk about is that Kim Possible is getting a live action adaptation. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. no hang on, weird? hang on. <laughs> they have actually gotten back the uh, original creators to work on this. I mean, okay, sure, that's good. That's definitely good. Um, I mean, I definitely did watch Kim Possible as a kid. I just don't really remember much of it other than just some basic level kind of stuff. Like, uh, I remember the theme song. I remember the Naked Mole Rat, Rufus. Uh... Uh, I know Ron Stoppable and Kim Possible. Uh, I know that the main bad guy is a blue guy. Draken. Uh, Draken, yeah, that's him. Uh, and that is... Oh, uh, there's also a uh, kind of uh, Oracle-type person who is a uh, kid who like works at his computer or whatever. Um, and that's literally all I know. I know the main character. That's characters. quite a bit, actually. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's a lot, but I don't remember anything about yeah. any episodes, even though so I've seen, like, like, a ton of episodes. You know what I love about the idea of a Kim Possible live-action adaptation in 2018? Is that it is a risky idea. <laughs> like, unless it was, like, a Disney Channel original movie. Um, 
that's I feel like that's not uh, something that seems like it would have that much draw in 2018. But maybe I'm wrong. Like, it, is is that something that you feel happens a lot? Like cartoons from the mid 2000s, I mean, like. Is it any stranger than uh, the Adams Family movies that came out in the 90s? You know, like there wasn't a huge nostalgia for Adams Family when it came out. And like the, those films came out uh, and those that was like a longer time period. Than, I feel like, like uh, I feel like the Adams Family was kind of a it was kind of a slice of Americana that everybody knew about. And Kim Possible is going to be familiar only to people who are our age. Right. I mean, so maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I just maybe, I, maybe it's maybe it's not risky. It just seems that I, way. I, I, they, they did that with Power Rangers, so. I mean, the thing is, is that like I uh, I feel like that, again, Power Rangers wasn't that good. So but Power well, yeah, Power but Rangers that's... Power Rangers also though was like a tradition in like American households. What was it a tradition? Mm. I, I I thought yeah, that was abso- just 90s, absolutely. Then. How many like com- no, compare no, compare the number of Power Ranger series to the number of Kim Possible like seasons? You know, there's yeah been like no, I'm, no, I, I'm I, just I get, saying I, like I get... it, yeah. I get your point, Casey, but my – I don't know. We kind of grew up in the world that Adam's Family kind of was – like in a time where Adam's Family basically kind of was just blasé because it was something that was kind of mainstream because it was successful. But I have no idea how really culturally influential it was uh, in between when the show ended after its like fourth season or something like that. Till uh, when the movie was made, like almost thirty years later, like right, I don't know. But you you under you understand though how like there there would be a difference between uh like making a Brady Bunch movie today. They did a Brady Bunch movie, like yeah, exactly. Uh, like, you well, know, like that was highly and, satirical one. Yeah, it was, and I I love the concept. But like uh, like you know like they uh like that's. I, I like you get you get what I'm saying. It's like it's like I mean, Kim Possible was beloved by a uh, you know by by a pretty large audience of people of of specifically you know preteens and I, uh, and young children for like a couple of years and that's it. You know the Adams, the Adams family had like a lot of time to like saturate and like and like kind of ferment into American culture. But you know, like maybe I, I, you're probably right. Like I'm probably overthinking it. May I may I state something? Yes. They made a Fat Albert movie in the 2000s. Yeah, I know it was bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm the just point saying. Is they, made a fat Albert, they made a Fat Albert movie in the 2000s. That's sometimes yeah, these I, things I, just I think happen. I think that was I think that was risky too. <laughs> <laughs> right, like uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not saying it's the first time it's happened. I just think it's risky. I mean, like, I don't I don't I, think it's I don't think it's a guaranteed money maker. But I mean, I I do think in the sense I understand the logic of bringing it back because sure. uh, if nothing else, uh, it, it, maybe if it can't bank on nostalgia, which I think it could honestly. Yeah. But mm. otherwise, it's a movie about a empowered woman who is a cool kick ass spy. Uh, with a cool female villain and a cool like a goofy sidekick for both sides, you know, uh, that there's no reason why that can't be successful in 2018. No, or 2019 I agree. Or I don't. That's that's and that's not what I'm saying is risky. I'm just saying that I, I feel like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that, I, don't that, know. I, 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 I agree just with the room. The, 
I'm just saying in this perspective of like an executive greenlining something like this, they're probably not thinking nostalgia, maybe a little bit, but not a huge part. They're thinking uh, kick-ass, our own like uh, own kind of like Katniss character, but it's like modern day spy girls thing, you know? Sure. Like it, that's, that's what I'm seeing it more as. Um, All right. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what is your thing, Casey? So mine isn't news exactly. Uh, I just wanted to bring up uh, – so last weekend uh, – so I said I was going to watch Loving Vincent. I didn't. Uh, what I did do though was I uh, I went to uh, I went to the Art House Theater and I watched uh, all of the Academy Award-nominated animated shorts. And Man. I don't feel like these have gotten a whole lot of exposure in the public audience. So I just kind of wanted to like like name them off one by one. Yeah, a really fun time. Mention with this them, one, right? Yeah. Oh, it was super good. I just want to mention them I mean, briefly, like without going into extreme detail. Did they show Olaf's Frozen Adventure? No, because it wasn't nominated. It wasn't <laughs> even an honorable mention. <laughs> what? No, it that, wasn't. Whoa! Um, oh my god, that is so, so let's shocking. See. Yeah, so the first the first one was uh, was called Deer Basketball, and it was uh, it was uh, it was directed by Kobe Bryant, uh, and it was uh, <laughs> it's super good. Like it's uh, so like it's it's like this like short um, like this. Uh, I I teared up actually. It's like this short film about like like from the perspective of Kobe Bryant, and it's all done in like these beautiful, uh, really like technically impressive sketches and it's it's just him talking about how his body is getting too old for basketball mm. and it's like uh, it's like really uh it's really touching and I'm, I'm not like i said i'm going to be really brief about these because i don't want to spend too much time um i, I will uh i mm. was you you, you kind of just want i just want to say that you took the wind out of my sails because i was gonna say make a joke that it's about uh kobe bryant talking to his talking basketball buddy <laughs> uh, that's what the film was about, but uh, now you made it actually really sad, so I, I feel kind of bad making that joke. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you should go and watch that one because it's really good. My favorite was one called Negative Space, uh, and it's based on a poem. It was a French stop-motion film. Uh, I French-produced. Everything was in English when I watched it, and it was based on, I, I think, an American poem. Uh, and it was, uh, it's, a, it's like a stop-motion film about a, about a child's relationship with his dad who uh, traveled a lot and how they bonded over uh, packing his luggage before he would go away on trips. And I'm not going to talk more about that because I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I, that, one, that one was emotional. It didn't make me tear up. The other one was Lou, which was the Pixar one that was probably before Coco. Uh, no, the one no before Coco was uh, the Olaf one. Unless unless they replaced oh. it with a new short, which if they did, I okay. really need to see. So Pixar I Pixar to... made an animated short called Lou that was very good, and also it also made me all choked up. And it's about um, it's about this kid who looks a little like me when I was a kid, and he's an asshole <laughs> to all the other kids <laughs> on the playground, and it's uh. It's like this kid who's a jerk and like takes people's stuff, but the uh, the, uh, the there's this uh, there's this lost and found uh, this lost and found box that's it's everything inside of the lost and found box is anthropomorphized and it like has it has like a, a <laughs> as spirit Pixar and, like, would do yeah so like so like that yeah exactly 
and uh, <laughs> what and if emotions had emotions? Yeah, and it, it picks it, like it, it it ends up kind of getting in a little kerfuffle and picking a fight with this kid who's who's a jerk and steals everybody else's stuff, and uh, and it ends up being very uh, touching, <laughs> uh, mm. like a really. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it does what Pixar does best. It makes you feel feelings. Um, the longest one, and in my opinion, the least interesting one, was Revolting Rhymes, which was a, an adaptation. Oh yeah, of that was that, um, that's the one that I was talking about on our show the other day. Yeah, um, it's uh, like it was good. I liked it a lot. I didn't. I thought it was less interesting than the other ones. It was. It was pretty long for a short. It was probably thirty minutes. Uh, do you think that? Jesus. Do you think that cut into your uh, enjoyment of it? Um. What, what I what I think kind of cut into my enjoyment of it was actually uh that it uh is that i i just think that um you know like like this is how the fairy fairy tales really happened is so hackneyed <laughs> now and i've seen it so many times that yeah, i just feel like i just feel like the well has run dry but like it does a few things exceptionally I mean, there are two hoodwinked movies <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah. how hackneyed it is at this point <laughs> Yeah, um, and, but, but and to be so fair, like, but 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 to be mm-hmm. fair, uh, this it was uh, based off a book of poetry by Roald Dahl. Yeah, and that was written before it became Hackneyed. So you know, yeah, I know. Worked. I'm just saying you know. the adapt the the choice to adapt it is Hackneyed. Um, I guess, and I, don't know. I I think it is. But like like there are a few things that it does that I really like. Like I think I'm pretty sure they implied that Snow White and Red Riding Hood. Uh, were gay lovers, um, oh, and good. it's not it's not so explicitly stated, but it seems like you'd have to make an argument to convince me otherwise. I'm kind mm-hmm. of biased. Like like the the thing is like it, <laughs> it is it seems it seems super obvious to me that they were that they were gay, but then at the end I mean, there's a there's a scene where one of them has children, and it's not implied that they were adopted or that they're living together even. So it's like, I don't know, like it could be interpreted that they're not, but I feel like it would be a stretch. And the other thing is it, it feels like they turned the seven dwarves and this one is a stretch. It feels like they turned the seven dwarves into a polyamorous gay, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like housing situation. And I, I mean, I mean, that I is like the most lot. logical explanation of it. Yeah. Like in, in this one, in this one, they're all former jockeys and they all live together and that's, uh, oh. you know, like, so like, <laughs> Okay. Uh, so it, it yeah, that, that, that definitely sounds like Roald Dahl right there. That definitely sounds like Roald Dahl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one that one was good. It's the one I, I least recommend. Uh, and the last one was called Garden Party. I'm going to talk very very briefly about this one because you have to see it to believe it. Um, it is probably the only one I would say is R rated of the bunch, and huh? it's uh, it's a uh, it's um it's about frogs. Uh, okay. who live, who like live, it, it's like this story of cute frogs just like interacting with each other. Uh, and in the background, like where the frogs are living is like this, this, uh, this mansion where some grotesque event clearly took place, but it doesn't mention those things. They're just in the background and you kind of piece it oh. together. What, what one of my friends sort of, uh, described it to me as is ambient storytelling and i think that's a good uh, i think that's a that's, good description that of it i'm super really interested cool. in this. yeah because i really like, want like, to see that actually yeah the story the story of the short is is not the story that's being told like that's that's what i'm getting at and it's uh it's 
like I can send you guys a link. I should I should maybe issue a trigger warning. There is um there is violence and it is gross. Like there is a lot of gross just uh, icky imagery. <laughs> um It's icky and gross. Yeah, but it was I thought it was the most I thought it was the most uh the most risky one of the whole bunch and uh Okay. And I really liked it. The one I hope wins I, is Negative Space. Um, I want to see all of these now. Yeah, you should. Uh, they're they're not all. They're probably not all easy to find. I tried to find I Negative mean, Space on YouTube. I mean, YouTube way after the Oscars, and they'll sh- probably be showing up on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, but if you have an opportunity, uh, I absolutely recommend checking out uh, pretty much each and every one of them. Uh, now, I know we're kind of running long here, but I just I really, really want to bring up something real fast. Sure. Uh, just uh, I. OK, so uh, the other day I wa- like the other episode, like a few episodes ago, I talked about uh, watching the Free Willy cartoon. Um, I didn't watch the entire series because we only got through like a few episodes. So we got basically got through some more. And I mm-hmm. wanted to give an update on it because, my God, this show just is so <laughs> it's 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 so inexplicable because it's just like um because it is it, like okay i would consider like this era of cartoons more the era of heavy continuity and uh storytelling over long periods of time and all that kind of stuff like i would consider this era of cartoons uh that this modern um, era or the 90s this modern era, this modern okay. era, like as in like today, like there are Steven Universes, our uh, Star Versus, the Forces of Evil, our Gravity Falls, you know, all that kind of stuff. Our Adventure okay. Times, like Free Willy has a long standing continuity with a long form story and it is insane. It's just like, um, <laughs> it is like... Um, because there's, it's all about the dynamic between Willie and the the machine, which is the eco terrorist cyborg guy I was talking about. He that I learned his name over the time period. His name is the machine. Uh, how much they hate each other, and how the machine okay, disguises itself as a stop billionaire. For a stop for a moment, please. All yes. I can think about now is that one uh, that one skit online about that dude going to Russia and calling himself the machine. <laughs> I mean, like, he's, he's like, he's basically like, he looks like Patrick Stewart when he got turned into the Borg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, he sounds like, uh, John Lithgow. And, oh. uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it's like this, it, it's, it, but like he, the, the machine disguises himself as a philanthropist, uh, named Mr. Stone. That uh, the main little boy uh, is, in, is like very much admires and all that kind of stuff, and it's all about this triangle of uh, between those things. And there is there are things that they learn over time that eventually become part of the continuity. Like they eventually explain what the sludge creatures are, and they explain like all that stuff. It's like it's like 
it has like a lore. <laughs> it has a lore, <laughs> and it's so weird. I cannot believe that the Free Willy cartoon has lore, and that that um, has that has very little to nothing to do with, with Free Willy. Like, yeah, like, like the, the only really the the only really mentioned the original movie like a couple times, and the only time reason they do that is because of there's a there's one part where Willy refuses to give a woman a ride. Uh, because it were because uh, the idea of having humans ride him made him feel like he was back in his aquarium, and that's the only other that's the only real mention of the original movie, really, honestly. Wow. Like, um, and uh, but anyways, a couple things I just want to bring up about the Free Willy cartoon. Um, so one of my favorite things about the Free Willy cartoon is that uh. It's this weird, fantastical, science fantasy kind of thing uh, about talking animals and Native American magic and then eco-terrorists with sludge monsters. Uh, but it's also t- – it has times where uh, it actually tries to be scientific and, like, educational. And sometimes it actually talks about stuff that actually really, really matters, like stuff about, like, uh, pollution, uh, like, affecting the phytoplankton – uh, then the phytoplankton get eaten by the fish, and the fish get eaten by pelicans, and the pelicans end up having thin eggs because that like DDT and all that stuff. They actually explain that dynamic in the show in a very smart way, but it's a very dumb show. And man, I, I was worried for a second. I thought you were gonna say there were some legit emotional moments in Free Willy the cartoon. No, 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 no. That is not this kind of show. Um, but my favorite thing, though, is like, okay, so there's a plot for one of the episodes is that, okay, so uh, the the machine hires a geneticist who uh, creates uh, these genetic abominations that are just gigantic creatures and stuff like that. Uh, and also so he can perfect a mutated colossal squid uh that will uh uses hologram like that uh the machine uses holograms to train it to attack willy and uh they bring up a really good point which is because once it's like free and out in the wild and stuff like that uh the main kid goes well why can't i just talk to it i have the truth talking ability why can't i do this why can't i talk they go well the thing is uh, you wouldn't be able to talk to it because squids don't have ears. <laughs> okay. Great. That is a sure. real plot point because it went through a big scientific explanation about how cephalopods actually squids, have... <laughs> squids don't squid. have ears, you absolute troglodyte. You dumb <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why Were didn't he just take yesterday? the squid and he send it to New York City to avert world war? I don't understand. <laughs> like, I mean, this, this this show just picks the weirdest times to actually be scientifically accurate, and it's great. I love it. It's perfect. That's it's wonderful. It's, it, it is probably, honestly, at this point, it's one of my favorite best worst shows of all time. <laughs> it, is, it is so bad but so good and it has heart but it's so stupidly played out i just love it so very much i think that's i think when people talk sorry you go it's she the way you're talking about this it sounds like we gotta watch this at some point 
Uh, I feel like we should, honestly. Yeah, uh, see, like, like when people when people talk about like bad media that they think is good, that's what I think makes that happen. Is when you can tell that the person who made the bad thing was actually like really passionate about it. <laughs> like, it'd be one thing if it was like really boring. Uh, yeah. Like it, like because like a lot of like I was expecting something like this to be boring after like a couple episodes or something like that because mm-hmm. that's typically how it goes. Uh, like even the Chuck Norris cartoon, uh, like there's only maybe two episodes that are worth watching because they're just so off the wall. But everyone else is just, you know, by the numbers like action cartoon or something like that. This show actually attempts to have continuity and real science. <laughs> Inside this nutty ball of what the fuck? Yeah, see, like and I feel I like just, I just can't stand. I just I can't mm-hmm. get over it. I I will watch. I I it, it, I'm I'm getting sad that we're, I'm already halfway through the series now because I I am gonna be sad when it's gone. <laughs> yeah, see, like I feel like that's I feel like that's what kind of separates things like this and the room from other media that's bad like the three stooges cartoons for example oh yeah is that that like you can you can like you can like feel the genuine effort to create something awesome (laughs) like when Mm -hmm. you watch it and that's like really endearing and i like it for me Mm. like a so bad it's good thing is something where you look at it and you don't really stop thinking at like the service level of the cartoon or the movie it's where you go Okay, I want to know more about how the hell this came together. I want to see yeah. the behind the scenes stuff. I want to see it, how the, this dude is crazy and brought all this stuff together to create this little like a uh, perfect storm of bad. Yep. Yeah. Well, this has been oh. a really. Oh, you. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I just have one more thing. I know this yeah. been really long. Uh, sure. No, you're good. Thing. I. I uh, just going to try to keep it under three sentences. Uh, I finished Pinky in the Brain. Okay. Uh, yes, that show is freaking great. Why did it end on a really bad Star Wars parody episode, though? <laughs> oh, you know what? When I talked about when I talked about uh, when I've talked about all those times when I said, "Oh, Pinky in the Brain has no missteps," I didn't mention that I haven't watched that one. <laughs> I watched uh, I mean, everything up to that, but yeah. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, it's that it's not bad it's just not a pinky in the brain cartoon it is an animated cartoon it is a hundred percent an animated cartoon it is not a pinky in the brain cartoon at all and yeah. it's funny i enjoyed it uh to a degree as much as i can enjoy a star wars parody in 2018 considering mm-hmm. how freaking saturated the culture is with star wars at this point but you know you know and, it, and yeah. like every like every freaking Steven Spielberg cartoon basically did a freaking Star Wars parody or at least an Indiana Jones parody. So like, you know, I've seen it a thousand times by now, but you know, yeah. Anyways. Also, I don't understand why the, uh, that three parter wasn't the series finale. Cause that kind of felt like a series finale. There's a conversation but. in that, that we can't afford to have right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm not going to, I have, go I have thoughts that I've just, I'll, I will not disclose. Um, okay. okay, let's talk about some cartoons. Well, I mean, other cartoons. Cartoons, yes. specifically, that have fallen into the public domain or are very easily accessible, which is our podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened before, that's basically what we do. We have a big collection of uh, cartoons that have fallen either into the public domain or are very easily accessible. Uh, and we have a big list of it. We're just going to watch three of them at random, and we're going to see whether or not they deserve to be remembered or not. Sometimes uh, they're great. Sometimes they're sh- Sometimes they're weird. 
Sometimes they're obscenely racist, like that last gnome, Nikki Gnome cartoon that we watched. Can we um, burn that one? I want to burn that one. Yeah, let's just burn that one. Okay, Alex, just burn it. <sighs> That's nice. It's warm. <sighs> I'm going to get some marshmallows. Be right back. All right. Well, while you are getting marshmallows, I am going to bring up the list. Alex, if you please, drum roll. Oh, hey, we are yeah. going to watch a Felix the Cat cartoon. Oh, uh, yeah, it's Felix gets broadcasted. Oh, boy. Yeah, Last one was good. good. I, I yes. just noticed this. I think I say, oh boy, before every single cartoon, just so I'm like <laughs> unconsciously, like when oh I, when I go boy. back, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like when I go back and listen to these episodes, I say, oh boy, after you announce, after you announce the cartoon we're going to watch, like every time. And I say, like every, if you, one of you, every if, split second, <laughs> if every, if one of you lovely, uh, audience members wish to make a supercut of Casey saying, oh, oh boy, I will not stop you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the Phoenix a cat. Ah, boy. Oh, God, it keeps happening. Hmm. I mean, let's, let's not hop right into that. But yeah, guess what it was, that? audience. <laughs> <laughs> the thing we Just always worry about, about what are we what are, are we consistently disappointed in? Anyway, are uh, um, white as uh, <laughs> two white creators uh, working <laughs> uh, while making a podcast about a very racist time in history. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, God. But yeah, this cartoon is very old. Uh, it's probably around the same time as that first farmer alfalfa cartoon we watched really? but a lot more developed yeah so why is like, this let's see so uh, why doesn't this uh hang on it's a couple so years why later. doesn't this one look like such jank i don't know it's a couple it's a couple years later well, I, think. I mean it's i mean couple years later plus completely different studio yeah That's obviously um yeah uh it's uh it but it, it shows its age it feels very it feels very old um mm-hmm. it, and it's a, feel this cat has more of a like a thinner, more cat-like kind of design. Mm-hmm. He does more yeah. cat things. Yeah, more cat-ish in general. Um, and there is more cyberpunk travel. Felix is <laughs> a Felix travels as data <laughs> in both of the Felix the Cat cartoons we've watched. Um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it seems like a better form of travel than literally anything else in that universe because Felix the Cat seems to prefer going by wire than anything else, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> well, I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, if you could. It'd be fast, really, really fast and be interesting. Yeah. Um, so this cartoon yeah. is about... It, it, there's no title card. It starts with Felix... You just get in there. M- ...meeting a fisherman. And... Following him over to a pond, the fisherman is fishing, and Felix is stealing the fish. So, the yeah, fisherman. Uh, th- it, this this see. cartoon again has that like uh, speech bubble subtitling, where it like instead of having like s- subtitles that pop up in the front of the screen, it gives like gives each character like a little speech bubble 
to make it the show what they're saying. So Felix they, doesn't say anything in this episode. It's all just the fishermen, I think. They uh, no, no, I think he does say something, because I can remember one specific word bubble where they, uh, I got marveled by the fact that they hyphenated today. But that was, that was the fisherman. Oh, was it? Yeah. Huh. It was absolutely a fisherman. Okay. Okay, yeah, sorry. So, no, it's fine. So, like, uh, something... So, this is a, a more well-animated cartoon than the Farm Ralph Alpha cartoon. But something that they... It, it is really interesting because when we watch the super old ones, we are seeing cartoons become an art form, you know? It's kind of a prototype, you know, of what cartoons mm-hmm. eventually became. And one of the things that they hadn't figured out yet, like with the Farmer Off Alpha cartoon we watched last time, it was walking. They hadn't figured out walking. In this one, it was transitions. They hadn't figured out how to transition from one scene to another. You don't see characters walk into buildings, and you just see it cut, like, straight from set to set. <laughs> the characters sort I mean- of... Um, teleport. Uh, I, I, I feel like uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff, uh, I feel like that it's possible that all we what it is is just that we have a really jank version of the cartoon, or maybe something got lost. Like uh, I like, disagree, it, but maybe. I mean, I, it just feels like some yeah. of it feels like too, especially since there's no title card in the beginning. Like I feel like a title card is pretty standard for the most part. Um, even like, even back in those days, like even far off alpha, the first one had a title card. Um, yeah. So like, I, I feel like that maybe it was just a matter of like, but it seems strange. It seems strange that what they, it seems strange that what they would cut out is every single transition, <laughs> but maybe, well, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that it was cut for like, say like time reasons or content reasons i'm saying it was like most likely just that that footage just sucks but but it's it's strange it's strange that every transition like it would be a coincidence that every transition would be lost i don't know i mean i'm not saying i'm not saying that it's not jarring it's definitely like it seems like that it kind of goes from scene to scene like with like little real sense of continuity like the only real the only two times are really any sort of like uh, long term kind of consistency about that kind of thing is when Felix gets broadcasted over the air, and at the very end where he gets bring back brought back by a bird. Look, uh, so, so, so I, I guess I look, guess there's a possibility. Sent a, like a rival cartoon company sent a very forward thinking on film theory like Savachier in specifically to kill all the transitions. Sure, and you uh-huh. know it's not, it's not, won't make any sense. It's not. It's not important for us to discuss why that. That's what it felt like to me. But whatever. Like, uh, so Felix. I mean, Felix gets chased up a telephone pole, and he is mm-hmm. dancing on the wires. And you know where this is going because we already said it. Uh, well, yeah. Like, well, okay. So what happens is the fisherman goes into the booth next to those wires, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just forgetting, but like. Uh, it seemed like the, those, like it was just like two telegraph wires, like two telegraph posts with one set of wires that just didn't really connect to anything. It just Maybe, seemed like yeah. it was literally there just to project things into the space. But okay, so the fisherman goes into the building, and he pulls on a lever, and he sees, oh, China, are we gonna make fun of Chinese people today? Not today. Oh, Spain. Oh, are we gonna make fun of Spanish people today? Not today. Oh, Egyptian people. Are we going to make fun of them today? Yes, we are. (laughs) Hit the button, Frank, and just (laughs) they 
<laughs> and Felix gets sent into the sky. He becomes like radio waves. And yeah, it's. He and he cyberpunk travels like he did in the previous one. Um, so like a, a motif that I've seen in a couple of the cartoons we've watched, like specifically the really old ones that I never realized was a motif is that thing where they select a country by pulling a lever. Like we saw that in a Betty Boop cartoon. Uh-huh. Uh, we saw, I know we've seen it in more than just Felix and Betty Boop. We've seen it multiple <laughs> times. I never, <laughs> these cartoons, doubled as a geography lesson because most people that go into the theaters had no idea other countries existed when they get inside. It's like, yeah. oh, what is this China? Yeah. Well, a very a very flawed geography lesson, as we find out pretty quickly. Because when, <laughs> yeah. Felix, when Felix arrives in Egypt, uh, he is, uh, he confronts, a man who is doing kind of, you know, a hieroglyphic type Egyptian pose and he sees Felix and he yells for help. And what comes to, to help him is a gross caricaturization <laughs> of, uh, of a black person. It is, uh, it yeah. is a, a classic minstrel show style blackface there's, caricature. Like um, there's no, there's no explaining this away. This dude yeah, fortunately, is a stereotype. Fortunately, it's mm. brief. You know, they don't they don't really they don't really have him on screen a, for very long. But but, it's, but, but on the other hand, this cartoon itself is very brief, so it takes up a larger percentage of the runtime. Yeah, it's true. This was like a two minute cartoon, which is fine because we went so long before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, but but but, but I, I will say just, uh, you know, you could tell that white people made this because the Egyptians yeah. hate the cats. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but it's true. Yeah, like like for some reason the ancient Egyptian looking dude hates cats. I guess. Yeah, I I, I don't get it. Uh, you know, I I thought I thought because I literally thought that they were, what they were gonna do was they're gonna go the angle of oh Felix is in Egypt he's gonna be worshipped like a god but no they just he's the first Egyptian that sees him is a terrified of him and then they send his black stereotype friend after him. Um, it's yep. like. I don't know. And then it's, and then he gets chased over to the Sphinx, and of course they do the same joke that every cartoon with the Sphinx does, where you find out how it lost its nose. Except it doesn't lose its nose, it just sneezes. Oh, I guess that... Oh, really? Doesn't it? Yeah, okay. it doesn't yeah. lose its nose. I thought yeah, it sneezed it, off its nose. But I, uh, you're probably right. That's what I was right. expecting. That's what, that's what makes sense, but no. Again, okay. probably by, by white people who only know of the Sphinx in passing. <laughs> All right. Well, way to break the mold, Felix the Cat, because that would have been the most... <laughs> at the time, it probably would have been original, <laughs> actually. I mean, but. we know that... We, well, we know it's not really what really happened, because mm. uh, there was no chase scene and uh, between uh, Moses and his brother Ramses uh, through a thing, and then like a, ch- ch- like a chiseler accidentally breaks off the nose in that fight and that's how and they, and they just left it even though they were still building it they never fixed it yep yep that's uh, <laughs> yeah. so, waka waka um, yeah but. um so yeah uh he felix finds an alligator um again the, tran- well, the transition a, is kind of there's a log near a river and felix uh-huh. goes over there and just for some reason it turns into an alligator like yeah. it just does <laughs> and the alligator and the alligator or a crocodile chases, rather. yeah a crocodile chases felix 
up a tree and he's like, finally I'm safe. And this was the best gag in the show. Cause the, the tree is like a, it's like a, a palm tree. Yeah. It's like a palm tree, but the palm tree, uh, is actually like the, the leaves are actually a bird and it flies away. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't <laughs> expect it. And it was really yeah. clever. Um, yeah, I like that visual gag. And the bird takes them all the way back to, I assume, is the United States. Uh, and they lay in front of the fisherman, who is drinking. Uh, like, he has a flask. <laughs> it's, no, it's unambiguous what he's doing. Uh, and uh, then he gets terrified that Felix is back. And that's the end of the cartoon. And jumps in the river. And that's it. da 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 So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, after watching this cartoon, like, I was curious how far into the Felix the Cat, like, how many had been made before this one. Tell us words. I don't, I didn't find out because I only got halfway through the list before I found a Felix cartoon that is about me. <laughs> and it is <laughs> called, it is, there, there was a Felix cartoon in 1921 called Felix the Gay Dog. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I couldn't. Oh my god! This needs. I couldn't find footage of it, or even yeah, I couldn't find footage of it, or even a description of it. But no. <laughs> there was. If, if someone, if someone could find Felix the Gay Dog somewhere out there, please, please send it to us, please. Yeah. <laughs> Our email address is toontownpublicworks at gmail dot com. Please give us that link. <laughs> I, I just can't believe that's real. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my god, that's wonderful. That's uh, but yeah, this this cartoon was okay. It was short. It was plotless for the most part, and it had a bit of a bit some shocking racism in there. But eh, it was a it was okay. It was middle of the road. Not it's bad, it's clear not that good. it's clear that this cartoon was made at a time where the draw of cartoons was why look it's a moving drawing. Yeah, like, <laughs> they, like I will I will say that while I, I I disagree with your interpretation of the quick t- transitions. That's not an interpretation. Say, it's just a guess. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But like, but like I I will say that the 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 pacing is definitely off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely is very quick paced in a way that like cartoons really eventually stop being um and it's good because it's less exhausting but i feel like that part of that is just trying to learn how to do the timing for each frame and everything and since that cartoon was such a high frame rate compared to like some earlier stuff they probably were still getting used to that kind of thing yeah they were they were creating the art form of animation at the time and that's why i find it fascinating to see uh like the problems in these cartoons is is just like being able to tell like oh they don't know how walk cycles work yet. Like they haven't established these things, you know, like they, <laughs> mm-hmm. so like that's, that's always fascinating to me. Uh, so yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's neat. It, it was a neat cartoon, a uh, bit of shocking grossness at parts, but you know, it, it was fine. It was fine. It's yeah. fine. That's fine. It's fine. Okay. Did, so, yep. uh, did you have anything else, Casey? Nope. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> what's next? Uh, well, let me tell you. Once I pull up the list. Alex, drumroll, please. Um, okay. We are going to watch a Tom and Jerry cartoon or a Dick and Larry cartoon. I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh, 
uh, and it's called A Fireman's Life. All right. Um, notice notice that some... I didn't say, oh boy. <laughs> I'm turning a new leaf. I'm oh, starting now. Some, uh... <laughs> don't, don't ruin a good thing, Casey, please. Oh boy. <laughs> Fireman antics going on here. There might be someone getting chased by a dog of some sort. I don't know. As um, I recall, we were, we were pleasantly surprised with the last one. So here's hoping. Oh, they, they, so uh, just to clarify, yeah, this is, uh, they call themselves Tom and Jerry in this one, uh, because this was before that weird kerfuffle that happened. I like the Tom and Jerry cartoons. I'm really impressed. Like, uh, yeah, this one was not so good, bad. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, for, for something I didn't know, for something I wasn't aware of before we started doing this podcast, by the way, we haven't we haven't addressed to anyone who's maybe listening to this episode and hasn't listened to our previous ones that it's not the Tom and Jerry you're thinking of. Uh, it is. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is other characters called Tom and Jerry. Coincidentally, they are. <laughs> it's it's a very Abbott, Abbott and Costello type of dynamic, uh, and they were called Tom and Jerry, and they were kind of generic, kind of. Typically they are vagrants, kind of like a Charlie Chaplin type. Yeah, they're generic ass people. Yeah, but they're yeah. they're good cartoons. Like they're not they're not like you know incredible. They don't blow my mind, but they're good. Um, yeah. And this one was this one was no exception. Uh, it makes me very happy. Um, so uh, in this one, Tom and Jerry are firemen, uh, and it starts with them playing uh, checkers in the firehouse. And uh, I don't know which one is Tom and which one is Jerry. The short um, one. Let's assuming, just refer to them as the uh, short one and the tall one. If we don't have I mean, an idea. I, I mean, I think the tall one's supposed to be Tom and the short one's supposed to be Jerry. I think that's what it is. And if sure. it's the other way around, then I don't give a f- enough, honestly. Sure. Um, uh, whatever. The short one. Yeah, the short one. Uh, yeah, if only if only we had a way of finding out. But anyway, the oh, short one. The information is like super easy to access nowadays, or anything like that. Yeah, the the short one who is either Tom or Jerry, uh, cheats at checkers by. Wait, what happens exactly? Like, uh, he has, he has what, a piece. He has a piece that is commandeered by a tiny man. I think the idea is that the piece, like in checkers, you know how you can like jump a bunch of yeah. Like, you, uh, so you you skip. So he didn't cheat. It was a legal move. But yeah, he just got he just did a really really good move, and uh, the tall one got super mad. And then the uh, picture that they have in their firehouse of their uh, fire chief started laughing at him in a kind of a bizarre Ooh. scene. Yeah, this that that, that part that part is very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 it, that's like the scene in Evil Dead Two when the deer head comes to life and starts laughing. <laughs> Actually, it's yeah, like, that's a good that's a good analog because that's a little bit what it feels like. It's, where, it's, uh, it's oh god, so it's, um, it's, a, it's a weird moment. Though I will say that I expected the the checker thing to happen. I just didn't expect the checker piece to become a little man. I wasn't yeah, that's that. that that was the weird thing is that the the checker. The checker piece was like underneath it was like a tiny man that jumps over. I don't know. It was done as a gag and it's fine. Uh, so they go to bed um, and there's a scene where the shorter one does. He, he s- strips one item at a time <laughs> on his way to bed. And, oh, uh, uh, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, Tom and Jerry, I was right. Uh, tall one's Tom's, short one's Jerry. Okay, so okay. Jerry Jerry removes every article of clothing one by one. 
Um, that, and that scene we, is really extended. It's yeah, like, well, like like every every time every time he removed an article of clothing, I I became a little bit more surprised that they included a part with him removing it. Where it's like, all right, he takes off his gloves, he takes off his shoes. Oh, he's taking off his shirt. He's he's taking off his pants, like. <laughs> and like, and the, like the, the way they, okay, and the way that they visualize this is that uh, Tom, like Jerry, is like walking around and he jumps in the air. One piece of article comes off his body and just starts floating in the air. And yeah. he does this jump every single time with each piece of clothing popping off. And then he does like when he's just in his underwear, he does one final jump. And I half expect him to just be completely naked, but no, he just jumps into bed. <laughs> Yeah, that was off screen. Um, <laughs> so, like, I guess, I guess that was the the thing at first is why is he taking off his clothes? And then we find out he's going to bed, and it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then it cuts to Tom, who is brushing his uh, his teeth, and which the teeth end are up dentures. Being dentures, yeah. Um, which is okay. Yeah, whatever. Thinking you can, about you can have dentures. Fine. Hang on, just, hang on. Thinking about this, I was this, not expecting. Guys, guys, yeah. guys, guys. Thinking about this is the extended like scenario of Jerry stripping, leading into the punchline of Tom stripping. And how does he strip? He takes out his teeth. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I feel I, I do. I do think the uh, final jump with him just being in the underwear is a punchline. Because yeah. he doesn't actually get out of his underwear, he just gets into bed, which I do think that I think that might be a punchline. I think. Um, I mean, would, yeah, would, it, would it be a swerve to not see cartoon in this cartoon? I mean, would that I th- be I what think they the j- think the audience would? No, I that's jo- I don't. No, but I think the joke. I think the joke is the expectation that oh god, he's jumping one more time when he only wears underwear. What is going to come okay. off next? Man, uh, yeah. no, 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 he just is going getting into bed. Okay. Yeah. So then, oh. then Tom, Tom goes into bed with Jerry in the same bed because they are canon gay, and uh, <laughs> and then Tom rolls up in the blanket like a taquito, and then they get an emergency phone call. From a house that's on fire, and when they pick up the phone, like ashes are coming out of the phone. You know, <laughs> it's like silent. You, the way the way you described that, I mean, it sounded like a Silent Hill thing. Like ashes <laughs> coming out of the phone. Ashes are coming out of the phone. Yeah, it's not. It's not grim. I think it was. You know, it's a. It's a. It's a slapstick gag. But yeah, the yeah the they're calling for help, and so uh, in in the same order in, in reverse order where Jerry took off his clothes, he puts them back on again. And then they they we we meet the best character in this short, which is a horse who yes, I love. Yes, that horse and is fantastic. Well, well, I mean, there there was the part with the uh, faucet water becoming the fire hole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we don't want to cool, gloss over yeah. that because that was that was clever. Like that, their yeah. uh, their fire pole, they just turn on a faucet and then they ride the stream of water down. That was fun. Yeah, uh, I like yeah. That. I liked it. And but the they, horse. Yeah. But the so horse. They, they start out, they, they wake up a horse. They wake up the horse in a very interesting way, which is by cutting its hammock down. Why? <laughs> I don't know. They just do. And <laughs> then the horse is awake. It's, and, it's, uh, and then uh, it's it's panic. It seems panic for the entire fucking cartoon. It does well, this like there's a house burning down. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like even right now, it does like this weird little like flailing dance to get into its like horseshoes. Another good gag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, well, like it's it's one thing we should note is this horse is fully anthropomorphic. It is not like a quadruped at all. So much so that uh, even though the horse is the horse that drags 
the 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 cart, their fire truck cart around. Uh, he drags it around like a rickshaw. Like this is a BoJack Horseman visual gag. Like yeah. this would be like like in in BoJack Horseman, uh, a horse drawn carriage would hundred percent be just a rickshaw. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's it and uh, but this horse is the best character because he is trying his best, and I love him. Um, <laughs> yeah, the horse and, is the horse is great. I love the horse, and then they get they get to the house. And uh, they turn on the fire hose, and a little—it it just kind of only drips out a little bit. And well, I, yeah, of like course, the- made the low-hanging fruit joke that—that <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is obvious. <laughs> well, like, well, like it's like a big extended thing where like yeah. the fire hose is like inflating over, and then so tons of pressure, and it finally gets to the p- part with the nozzle, and then just—it just drips. Yeah, it's just. And um, I and I said I said they make a pill for that, which is a joke that Cirque made in a previous one of our cartoons. Uh, so I borrowed that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah, borrowed it much the same. You, you you borrowed it in the same way that the uh, MGM borrowed the name Tom and Jerry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm struggling to remember exactly what happens next. We see that we see the man in the window like yelling for help. Um. And all um, I remember is that the horse is d- delightfully uh, trying to put out the fire with a tiny bucket. <laughs> he's he, trying his best. You can t- you can tell yeah. that he's like super like oh jeez oh gosh he like, wants, he was, he he wants to like, help. It, it, <laughs> just like oh jeez oh gosh I hope this works well. Yeah. It's like it's so dainty and uh, deliberate and sweet and I love he, it. He it's gets just, he gets so excited about the littlest amount of progress that he does. Yeah, yeah. Great. and uh, like, and Tom and Jerry meanwhile have the uh, you know like the the trampolineish thing for people to jump out of the building so that they can catch them, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they are trying to catch They're- the man from the window. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like he jumps onto it and it like propels him back up and through the chimney. Is that was I don't remember. Yeah, that's, that what, that's happened? what happened. That, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, and. Like the, the 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 this old man is kind of like the other main character of this short because he's been he's constantly trying to be rescued and like uh, when he's yelling help help like the window closes on his neck and then his yeah. then like a like a a flame of fire like hits his butt. All it's the really time. weird. Yeah, it's weird, but there's uh, he gets hit yeah, in the ass a lot with fire in this. Yeah, well, well, like well, well, like with the hose, like. Like eventually they bring up the hose uh, with like a, with like a like a like a as like a snake charmer. Like Tom puts like pretends to be a snake charmer, and makes the hose go up like a snake, mm. and then it blasts water not on the fire but right in the old man's face. And there's an extended sequence of the old man trying to get back into the house while he's like trying to like swim through the water and stuff like that. It's being blasted at him, but um, you know it's. You know this this old man gets shit on a lot, and I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily care. Uh, yeah, well, they they they're trying to help him. <laughs> yeah, they're trying. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't deserve to get hurt. But uh, let's no. see. They so they they're holding they're holding the thing out for him still, and uh, and uh, and then they discover that there's another there's another person who's in distress. There's a, there's a woman in the next window who's also stuck and. Uh, so the man jumps, and when they discover that there's a woman who's they also up there, them. they yeah they they let go they let go of the <laughs> of the trampoline and it falls to the ground, and the man falls through it and makes an indent in the floor, and it's pretty funny. 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, the horse uh, again uses well, tries to well, use the Tom bucket and, and well, well, Tom and Jerry. Well, what happens is that Tom and Jerry rescue the woman. Like I was like, phone mm. grabs it, and you see, there was a whole thing about the horse losing the bucket. Uh, well, trying to do brigade, like he lost it inside the house when he was like dumping it inside there because a fire basically made him drop it, like a fire thing poking his butt uh-huh. made him drop it. <laughs> so he decides, well, in that case, I'm just gonna get a big fucking barrel this time. So yeah. he gets a barrel, fills it up, and uh, and then as he uh, tries to th- throw it the water on the fire, he basically loses his balance and then just crashes into the friggin'. Uh, house that just makes it fully collapse in and yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, he did put out the fire. Technically, yes. And the yeah. horse is like, oh, like he's like, oh god, he's covering his face. And it's like, he's like, oh nervous. no, and yeah, and he pulls out his teeth. He also has dentures, but when he pulls out his teeth, it deflates his entire face, and it's weird. Uh, and it's, like the, it's, like, it's like the gag in like uh, one of those cartoons where like it would they would pull out the skull. Of yeah. themselves, and then it's just like their face plates like that, except it's just the front part of it. Yeah, um, and so it it ends with them being chased by the uh, by the man who whose house was just destroyed, and he's got a plank with a nail, and he is angry, and they are chasing. He's chasing them away, and they are playing ring around the rosy on the flatbed, <laughs> which is strange. Well, uh. The the it, the people playing Ring Around Rosie is uh, Tom, Jerry, and the woman that he has, which I assume is either a daughter or a wife. So yeah. that's another level that he is mad about. But yeah, that's 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 the end of the cartoon, and it yeah. was fun. This yeah, cartoon made me. This cartoon made me smile. So yes, I, a, lot, a lot of good gags in it. Some very fun uh, visual gags and stuff. It was it was and, pretty good. And that horse is good, and I like the horse. The horse was good. The horse, horse is horse, man. The horse, is, the horse, of course, was very good. So, I was trying to think of another. And it's something else that horse, rhymes with but, horse, horse, yeah. horse, horse. Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Kajors. Hey, uh, there you go. <laughs> you found it. Horse. H o a r s e. That rhymes with horse. Yes, correct. You know All what right. also rhymes with horse? The list. <laughs> Are you Not open right. to constructive criticism? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, I have none. That was a oh. perfect rhyme. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> All right, Alex, if you please, drum roll. Huh. Huh? Huh. All right, uh, this is another one of those cartoons that have no real, uh, like, studio or thing around them. It's just called Hector's Hectic Life. Okay. Hector's Hectic Life. Hector's Hectic Life. Oh, like, 90s kids remember. Dawn. Aww. <laughs> mm. 
I think I know what Casey's for cartoon. Dog in it. <laughs> Not yeah. just any dog. Four dogs. Cartoon. And they're all good dogs, too. So uh, <laughs> it's a Christmas cartoon, uh, which we didn't expect. Um, it, yeah, I it guess seems it's, like it's, they, it's, should, it's, they should label these fucking things. Yeah, as, as far as Christmas cartoons goes, not that Christmassy, but, you know, it's it takes place during Christmas. It's like Die Hard. So... Uh, <laughs> This is so, truly the diehard of Toontown Public Works. Yes, this, um. is, this is the diehard of our podcast. Um, so Hector is a dog, and uh, he's got floppy ears and a spot on his eye, and he uh, and, and a he, big red nose. Yes, a big oh God, red yes. nose, and so he. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it starts. I think he's sleeping, and I don't remember why he wakes up. Uh, oh, he's the, sleeping the on the owner yells him. Yeah, he's sleeping on a human bed, and so the owner yells at him. Yes, that's right. the The owner it's it's the uh, the old cartoon trope where the owner is always uh, only legs and has an accent. In this case, yeah. a very Scandinavian sounding one. She's the Swedish uh, chef's uh, grandma. Yeah, she she actually she sounds a lot like my grandmother. Uh, and uh, let's see. So the the dog is. Wakes up, gets out of bed, drags a comb across my head. <laughs> so let's see. He uh, he goes. I don't remember exactly how it starts because I was enamored. But uh, I, I think the dog, I think the thing is that the dog has been bad lately, and the owner is like, "Oh, if you don't shape up, then Santa Claus isn't going to bring you any presents, and I will put you outside in the cold." Yeah, and the dog imagines itself. Outside in the frigid weather, with like a shawl on, begging for change and stuff. Yeah, and and the dog doesn't want that. And then she says, "But if you're a very good boy, which he is, uh, you will, uh, you might get a special present from Santa Claus." And so he is resolved to be a good boy. And uh, so wait, um, I this short never really answers what that special gift is was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but it, we, yeah, it, I'm, uh, which is it may actually because what he imagines that well, the, the gift get. the gift was all the friends he made along the way. <laughs> we, we discover uh, which are all baby dogs. Yeah, F- finish your thoughts, Eric. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I mean, he imagines that he's going to get a little uh, basket full of bones, which dogs eat bones and stuff. So he is excited when he looks outside and there is a basket on the doorstep. And he brings it in, expecting to get, like, food and stuff, and then he opens it. And it's full of puppies that look like they're probably his. <laughs> um, and uh, and he's distraught because puppies cause mayhem, and uh, he doesn't want to be thrown out of the house. So he... Uh, you know, so the, the, the kind of motif of this cartoon is that uh, the puppies are reckless, and he tries to stop them from fucking up the house. And uh, that's, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I, I'm forgetting a lot of the specifics of this cartoon. Uh, well, I think I think the first thing they do is they knock a, gold, a bowl over and there's a goldfish in the bowl. And the, the, mm-hmm. there's water everywhere and the goldfish is oh, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 
somehow. Well, well yeah, that 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 actually that one had a really good gag because I it had one the like one of the most clever punchlines I've seen in <laughs> in uh, yeah. one of the in the cartoons we've watched actually was yeah because like basically so uh like the owner's coming down and uh the puppy uh the the big dog uh Hector he just is, he wops up all the water rings it into uh the fish bowl and then he's trying to find the fish he doesn't know where it is and uh it turns out one of the wagging tails of the puppies was actually just the fish that they were sitting on and like <laughs> the reason the reason i think it's a clever visual gag is because it's also kind of an optical illusion cuz you notice it around the same time he does <laughs> exactly it's actually a really good it's, visual gag it's yeah like, i love it um and so he puts the fish back in the bowl. He gets everything back in order and I doesn't th- get in trouble. I think he then uh, puts them in a closet and then somehow they get out of the closet and then he gets hit on the head with stuff that was in the closet. Then he decides. Well, well, basi- what, what happens is he, when he was, after he fixed in the foot. Uh, fixing the fishbowl, he throws him into the closet and then pretends to sleep in front of the closet. But then the puppies start barking and whining, and he's trying to shush them. And then when he opens the door, a board falls on his head, uh, and then the puppies come sliding down on the board, and then an iron drops on his head. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty <laughs> run of the mill slapstick gag. Um, yep. Uh, and uh, I don't remember the specifics of anything until they uh, until they wreck the tree. Um, right. I think after that is when he decides, okay, they're going out in the cold. So he puts them out. They get in once, and then he puts them back out again. Locks the uh, door, boards up the uh, little dog door on the bottom, and then tries to go to sleep. And then he feels all guilty because they do the little shoulder devil, shoulder angel thing where, like... Uh, they, they try and discuss the merits of, oh, it's your house, why well, you have to take care of them? And then they're like, oh, you're not going to go to heaven if you don't, like, go rescue those dogs. Just do it and everything will be forgiven. Yeah, so so not only not only is this the diehard of our podcast, but it's also the eraser head of our podcast because it's about... <laughs> It's about a dog who is, is about it's about someone who is trying to come to terms with the responsibility of fatherhood. Uh, well, like, and- <laughs> I mean, like, so, okay, okay, with this, uh, I mean, the, there's a sh- shoulder aim, angel, shoulder devil kind of thing mm-hmm. going on. Uh, and I like the accent of the shoulder devil, that's for sure. I like the, I like the demeanor. It's a very, yeah, see, yeah, kind of very, uh. Mugsy type gangster yeah. from old timey kind of gangster accent. I he does like a lot of like a he, he looks like he would do like one of those like chain swinging things with his tail if he could, but uh, but then the angel just punches him, <laughs> <laughs> which is nice yeah. to see. <laughs> um, but no, like uh, but then I I really like the gag where like right afterwards like oh he learned his lesson he's gonna go ahead he's gonna go bring in the dogs and then he's ready goes to the door and then he hears a crash because it turns out oh the dogs already got inside they just destroyed the christmas tree entirely (laughs) uh and uh and he tries to he tries to cover it up by putting all the needles back on the tree um but then the puppy sneeze (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the puppies sneeze and they wreck the tree again. And I feel like every single one of these cartoons that has a pet and an adult who is only legs ends. It's it's always the same thing 
where it's like, oh, I'm chastising you because you were bad. Wait, turns out you were good. <laughs> you know, like, uh, mm, yeah. because she, she discovers there were puppies and she's like, why didn't you tell me that there were puppies? And, and everything, you know, it was, uh, I was happily ever after. Um, everything is cute and wonderful. Yes. So I know, I know I've said this about several cartoons we've watched on the show, but this is the best cartoon we've seen so far. It's not. I'm just. <laughs> no, I'm just like, and the best film you've ever seen is Lady yeah, Tramp. It, too. Best film I've seen in my life. This is. <laughs> this is the Die Hard and the Eraserhead of our podcast, except in that it surpasses both of them in quality. Uh, <laughs> um, Much yeah. like Eraserhead, no, this is lynching in quality. No. So like, yeah, like I don't. Yeah, it's it's not it's not similar to Eraserhead, except in the father motif. I should make that expressly clear. Um, <laughs> uh, I so, um, I guess like like I've I've been playing this character who's in love with this dog because that's me, but also. Uh, I, I think it's worth noting that this is a good cartoon, regardless of the merit of, you know, like having cute dogs in it. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, not a dog and I liked it. Same. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of the uh, funniest thing from a dog and I liked it. They know me, so they're probably sick of dogs and they liked it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, what, is this the same studio that made, um, like... The Hungry Lion and those, I'm trying to... Uh, they did The Hungry Lion, they did, uh... What else? The one, they the did... one, the one where the, the less cute dog goes to hell. Yeah, um, that, that one as well. They did, uh, they've done, oh, they did that one of the mouse dude that went to college, which I liked. That one was good. The, the visual gag with the tongue chopping off thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the... Casey, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So there's the same studio that made these uh, these other cartoons. You know, like overall, I, I can't think of one that we saw that we thought was bad. Um, the lion one was just weird, but it that was one odd. Bad. It was it was the weakest of them. It was also the first yes. that we watched of them, so it sticks out in my memory. Uh, but it, it's uh, by the way, it's Famous Studios, which famous I studios. will now remember. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, we'll be sure to put a pin on that. Um, yeah, uh, we had technical difficulties, yeah. so I'm trying to remember where I left off. Um, well, just that it's a good cartoon. Yeah, it's no, by, it's a good cartoon. Uh, the same, yeah, and that's all that really we need to say, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't go against the grain or break the mold of anything, uh, in particular, but, uh, if you like dogs with floppy ears, then this is a good cartoon for you. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I've already recommended it to a friend of mine. Yeah, I think we actually both messaged the same friend. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so, anyways, uh, now we're doing done with these cartoons. Let us go into our prompt. So every week, uh, we basically give out a question to our audience for them to respond, and we just give them uh, some time to do it. Uh, it's Ranges from all sorts of different topics, but usually it's about cartoons. It's almost always about cartoons. Um, and th- this week's uh, prompt was, who is your favorite voice actor? 
But before we get to that, um, we actually uh, we actually do let people respond to prompts uh, it, it, from previous past. So I want to I want to make a quick a little announcement about that. Um, people have responded to prompts in the past on our Twitter, and it's hard for me to do those ones because it's harder to keep track of everything that way. Um, so if you respond to a past prompt, please email us to toontownpublicworks at gmail.com. Um, but otherwise, if you want to release to the most recent prompt, uh, like before we start recording, just send it in to uh, our Twitter at Toontown Public. We have like a little Twitter page, a little chart tweet that we uh, put up there. But regarding the previous prompt, we had one for what was your favorite cartoon theme song? And our editor, Aki, had an answer that we completely ignored because well, we didn't uh, we didn't ignore it. it. You might remember me saying that I couldn't find it, and he had posted one. <laughs> my memory wasn't faulty, just my searching skills. Uh, oh, so yes, this we is are all ding-dongs. it's all on me. Yeah, exactly. We're dumbos, uh, but he did have a very good answer to this. Yes. Uh, so a key response with uh, about uh, theme songs. Has anyone ever heard of the Legend of Prince Valiant, the animated series? Well, the show has one of the most amazing intros I've ever freaking seen. Uh, it, it's like, uh, it's this like powerful rock ballad surrounded by like all unique un- animated sequences of all the characters from the show, and it's like so intense that it almost sounds like a parody of what it is. But it is complete earnestness, and I absolutely love it. Uh, and he gave a link to it. And all those likes were actually written down. So this wasn't just my personal poor vernacular skills. Um, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he goes, like, check this shit out. The show was on in the early 90s and, it, like, has a really good characterization and writing. Like, I'm not the one, one for medieval stories. I didn't think something like this could be so interesting and fun, but it was definitely worth looking at. The intro, I think, is also very unique because I think it stands on its own, like, it's the song itself. It's not a song that like mentions the name of the show or anything like that. It's just super cool and powerful and cool. Uh, the whole thing is on YouTube and I highly recommend this show and it's super fun. Yeah. So I actually, I listened to this one and it is like a legit, like eighties, uh, like, uh, like power ballad, you know, it's got, the, it's got kind of the synth pads and, uh, I like the, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I would recommend actually probably giving it, uh, giving it a look. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'll watch the show or not, but uh, it se- it seems like it's probably pretty good based on this recommendation. It's definitely obscure. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 I like uh, – if it's a good obscure show, I'll watch it. Like, I mean, my tastes <laughs> include Free Willy the Cartoon, so <laughs> maybe I'll enjoy it. Yeah, and appar- <laughs> apparently the entire thing is available on YouTube, which is great. That's exactly which what is our good. show is for. Um, yes. Yes. Um, so what we're going to do is, uh, so we got a couple emails from, um, our listeners about the most recent prompt, which was, uh, who's your favorite voice actor? And, uh, once again, Minecraft gets, uh, Mycroft, uh, not Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sending Notch. Thanks, Notch. Notch responds and says, says, uh, I hate women and uh, black people are. Ooh, I can't say that out loud. Okay. Um, no. Now, if, if, uh, Notch, no okay. if Notch ever writes us for any reason at all, you can you can trust us to not read his response. <laughs> that is basically. Listen to the carry vault, you. F- yeah. Uh, 
But Mycroft, uh, yep. who we do Mycroft. not we do not want to disparage the name of because Mycroft is he's a, a pretty yeah, cool dude and and a friend of the show. Uh, yes, and uh, Mycroft responded. Uh, a quick short answer for favorite voice actor uh, would be uh, Patrick Wartburton. More of his for more for his lighthearted fun lighthearted fun roles like Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Um, the longer answer would be Hans Conried, uh, perhaps the most familiar to you as the voice of Captain Hook in Disney's Peter Pan from 1953. However, I love him most for his performance in The Five Thousand Fingers of Doctor T. As the as the eponymous uh, Doctor Twinkler, uh, it's in my honest opinion the only good Doctor Seuss movie. Now I would talk more about it, but it's actually a live action movie, and it's films really interesting, but it's not really of our uh, purview necessarily. Um, but uh, I, I think it's actually looks it looks absolutely insane from these screenshots, and uh, like basically it's about like a. a he, like the uh, the the guy plays a villain who captures boys to put him in a camp to make him play a p- giant piano. <laughs> I don't know, but it it, it might be good. It. Yeah, Dr. Here, Seuss, here's my like, question: How how do you uh, how do you do a live action adaptation of a wait no Grinch Old Christmas? Uh, Doctor Seuss well, Kevin well, Hat. Well, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's an adaptation of any of his books. I think this was an original film that he wrote. Oh, what? that's really cool. Uh, oh, wow. That was live action. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, but it's 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 pretty old. It's like sixty five years old or something like that. But apparently, it's uh, apparently according according to Minecraft, it's the only good Doctor Seuss film. And I, last episode, I said that there were no good Doctor Seuss films. So this, I guess, him trying to correct me. Oh, well, there you go. Um. <laughs> uh, and and uh, just to address the Patrick Warburton, I love Patrick Warburton. I just want to. Oh hell he's yeah! So yeah, good. Patrick's um, great. My like, I I'll always remember him as the guy from Seinfeld. Uh, I don't even remember the character's name in Seinfeld, but hey. I remember him as the guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> Uh, For me, I'll always remember him as uh, Kronk, um, yeah. but I'll always cherish him. Uh, like, like honestly, one of his most things, which was uh, not an animated one, but honestly, really good performance was him playing Lemony Snicket in the Netflix Lemony Snicket series, which was really good. Really good. He is very um, good at making me laugh. I love Patrick yes. Warburton. He is, the, he is the master at the deadpan uh, comedy, mm. like when it comes to like just sounding like he's totally serious when he is just saying the most ridiculous shit alive. It's great. Um, it's, uh, it's great. Um, so, uh, Mikalith, AKA, uh, Alex, AKA the Yifmeister once again responded <laughs> and said in just one simple phrase, Tom motherfucking Kenny. Oh, that that was one that I considered actually. That's a good choice. Tom Kenny that is, is a really super good, good. Um, man, like I remember, I remember going back to like, like Mister Show with Bob and David, uh, which mm. makes it the second reference to Bob Odenkirk in this episode. Uh, the <laughs> like his his slight characters on that show. I remember just like like seeing him and like hearing his voice and just hearing his regular speaking voice is like such a. It's just such a pleasure to me. Um, 
uh, he's obviously like to people who aren't aware, Tom Kenny is obviously most famously known as SpongeBob SquarePants. I think to people, <laughs> in, yeah, to people in our generation. Uh, but he's got he's got a lot of range too. Um, oh no, he's all over the place. He's he's one of those voice actors that is both like if you hear him, you'll recognize him, but if you aren't looking for him, he can kind of disappear. Yeah. So uh, a lot of respect for Tom Kenny. Uh, for yeah, sure. I, I definitely do like Tom Kenny a whole buttload. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I just, I always remember how, uh, he went on a talk show once about talking about SpongeBob and how he got the voice for SpongeBob. And, uh, you know, he, he has two different stories. One he tells the kids and one he tells the adults. Uh, one he tells the kids is that he like looks at a picture of SpongeBob, uh, and he said, Oh, that voice just kind of came out of him. Um, and, you know, that was the one I learned of originally because uh, that's what he said on, like, Nickelodeon Magazine because I was subscribed to that. Uh, but uh, apparently the real origin is that he got that voice from an elf at a uh, mall Santa place who was just complaining about the service around there. And it sounded like it was exactly the same voice that he does for SpongeBob. That's super good. That's where you got the voice of SpongeBob. That's pretty good. (laughs) Um, but yes, uh, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, so yeah, thank you, Miko Mm -hmm. for responding to this. Yes. Um, now, surprisingly, we didn't get a ton of responses here, um, which I, I honestly was kind of shocking because I felt like I felt like the previous prompt was going to not get very much. And then this one would get a lot. But it's the exact opposite. But yeah, um, that's fine. But uh, that's fine. Not a big deal. Um, but we got one from uh, Lime Wah who responded. Phil Lamar is one of those guys who's just in about everything. And he's great. And yes, I agree. Philomar is really great. Uh, yeah, I think of Philomar. Uh, I don't know. Philomar is, is just, he's really freaking good. And he is also one of those kind of dudes that kind of just disappears in his roles. He's, he's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's very talented. Um, uh, Mick Jorberdine. Jorberdeen. Or Steven. <laughs> I probably should just <laughs> said Steven. <laughs> uh, Steven responded uh, with a few ideas. Uh, a few of them. Keith David. Okay. Jennifer Hale. Oh, very good, yes. H. John Benjamin. <laughs> My favorite role for H. John... Sorry to take a, like a segue here. My favorite role for H. John Benjamin is as the can of peas in what hot American summer... <laughs> nobody nobody has a voice like h john benjamin but h john benjamin so that's that's a great pick that movie's great by the way if you haven't seen it go go look it up on netflix yeah it's it's (laughs) you you have to you have to get past like the first little bit and you'll eventually kind of discover what that movie's all about it's fantastic i love it but yeah people tell me it's actually good but i haven't seen it Uh, (laughs) definitely watch it casey yes you smell like a burger. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> um, oh god! And the last, last one that that uh, that Stephen gave us was uh, Bo Billingsley, which uh, I'm not personally familiar with, but apparently uh, he is very big in uh, anime dubbing. 
and he's pretty neat from what he does a lot of cowboy bebop stuff apparently uh just as an aside one of the choices that i had just came up with is uh jennifer hale hg and i can both sort of like uh agree on the fact that she is tremendously good at what she does like oh, absolutely. just from like a series that we used right. to follow and just like uh, go ahead uh, I will. I mean, like, uh, she she is known for a lot of things, but for me, her most prolific, the most prolific, the most prolific role that she's done is not a cartoon, but uh, for uh, being the female Commander Shepard in uh, Mass Effect, uh, and she is she is one hundred percent the canon Shepard. Period. Thank you, if you don't believe that, um, but. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, so, like, I've, I've actually uh, tweeted at her about how she should be the voice of every woman spacefarer in any video game yeah. ever. Cause when I, especially after I learned that she did the voice of Samus, and she uh, responded positively to that. She right. was actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, a- HT. Wait, really? Huh. Yeah. HT, no, no shade here. I'm just saying this because I know people might write in about it, and it's a mistake that I have made a lot. But the word prolific refers to things that are comprised of many volumes. So, like, if, if something, yeah, this is, this is like a super common thing. Like, but like, actually, yeah, no, I don't know. No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely mansplaining you. It's just like, <laughs> it's, it's true, though. Like, it's, uh, yeah. You know what I meant. No, I know. God. I know. I know what you meant. I just want to make sure the listeners know that you know what you meant. All right, yeah, so... Everyone's trying to embarrass me tonight. Good Lord. Um, (laughs) But, um, okay, so our... uh, We also got a response from uh, Dr. B, who responded, uh, My favorite voice actor has to be Shelby uh, Rabira. Her role as Peridot has always been been stellar and has never failed to make me smile. Yes. Her or Weird Al Yankovic, which, yes... Weird Al actually has a really, really strong range. If you've seen uh, BoJack Horseman, you can see that that is very true. Absolutely. Also, doesn't he have like a Disney show too? Did he? Uh, I know he he had the Weird Al show. I remember that. I, I think yeah, he had a he had a Weird Al show. Um, I don't know. He. It's, I know. I know. He's had a more of a bigger voice acting role recently. I just. You know, it's, I don't know exactly. It's by the same people who did Fantasy and Ferb, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Um, but Sorry that I'm uh, blanking out on this, guys. That's fine. Well, I'm sure someone will correct us. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, actually, uh, before we move on to our stuff, uh, I actually want to go ahead and bring up... Uh, I actually wanted to bring up uh, a couple responses uh, here. Uh, actually, not a couple, but one response from us that we actually uh, got from someone uh, about a previous prompt. And I apologize for making you freak out for not thinking that it's going to come up, but it did. Um, so Eli Jones wrote in about the prompt about uh, theme songs as well. Howdy. I decided to actually keep up this time. Uh, while I agree with Casey that on the genre of cartoon being very eh as a kid, when I was uh, I absolutely bopped to the cat dog theme song. 
Uh, it's all weird lyrics and fun twangy guitar. I guess I'm a sucker for that stuff. Now, though, my favorite theme song is uh, for BoJack Horseman. I can't explain it. Really, I only have managed to get through it the first season with a busy schedule and all, but it sticks in your head and it catches the tone well. Dig it. I don't um, I don't remember the opening theme of uh, BoJack, but I know the closing theme is the group love one, and I like that one a lot. Yeah. Well, the the, the, the one that's uh, for the intro is like the... That's right. That's right. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, that one's really nice. Uh Marginally related to last week's prompt, but did you know that there was an Austin Powers cartoon in the works and never made past the storyboards? I'm personally scandalized and making and making that my answer for last week's prompt, and assuming that it's used for the theme song in the movies, this week's answer, as, well, as long as they use the same theme song as the movies, that's my answer for this as well. Groovy baby. <laughs> Groovy baby, yeah! Also a very good answer. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, and honestly, I'm actually, considering that they made an Ace Ventura cartoon, uh, I am kind of shocked that they didn't make a Austin Powers cartoon. I can't, I, for, like, I forgot that they made an Ace Ventura cartoon. I watched it on TV no, and I forgot that. Wow. All right. Yeah. And there, <laughs> there was a crossover with the Mask one episode. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Okay. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, neither of those cartoons were good, but, you know, I'm shocked <laughs> that they didn't make the Austin Powers cartoon. The Mask at least had <laughs> Rob Paulson, which is a saving grace, since we're talking about voice actors. Um, true. That is true. Um, also, he did a PS. Keep up. Love the show, though I may be the only non-furry listener. Y'all are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. We, we, we did have a spot on My Brother, My Brother, and Me. We might have... Three or more non-furry <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we can't deny that a large portion of the big band's listeners are furries to begin with. Definitely, so. that's how I found them. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, uh, now on to our responses to the actual prompt for this week. Uh, you know, did one of you two want to go first? I know that one of yours was answered, Cirque. Can you give uh, okay. the other one? A more traditional, like, cartoon-focused one that's one of my favorites, I think, would be Jim Cummings. All right. Uh, yeah. That was one that I was... that. So uh, there were two that I was surprised didn't show up in the listener... Uh, in, in the listener responses, and that was one of them. I mean, yeah, mm. that dude is a workhorse. I mean, he has so much... So much range... He gets in mm. so much work. Also Even really, surpri- really bad, obscure garbage stuff. Yep. <laughs> Surprisingly good scene, voice. Oh, yeah. Well, didn't he do, like, wasn't it, like, him that did the singing stuff for Scar, like, halfway through Be Prepared? Yeah, well, I think it was, like, for most of that, because didn't, like, Jeremy Irons, like, immediately blow out his voice on that? Yeah, like, he did some of it. Like, some of it is still Jeremy Irons' original singing voice, but then, like, at some point, it just shifts to Jim Cummings. And it's, like, it's one of those things you don't notice unless you're looking for it, but once you look for it, it's there. (laughs) Um, My favorite Jim Cummings role uh, is now and probably always will be Darkwing. Uh, Oh, of course. Yeah. Wait, Um, well, he was Darkwing Duck? He was Darkwing Duck. He was, uh, Oh, my God, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and if you listen to it, it's super obvious. It sounds like Jim Cummings, but like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like he he's uh, wow, he's, he's. I really like I really like his Winnie the Pooh because actually it actually is really kind of super spot. Oh, on. exceptional! Yeah, so yeah, major it's, respect to Jim Cummings. 
Is it Cummings uh, or coming? It's Cummings. Uh, Cummings, okay. Cummings, yeah. Like, I know that you guys didn't think the show was good, and it probably isn't. I haven't listened to it for, like, I haven't, I haven't listened to it. I haven't seen it for ages, but, I mean, just the fact that he headlined Bonkers by just doing two voices at himself. Yeah. I, th- I well, think no, that's no, 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 uh, no. We love Bonkers. Oh, really? Yeah, Casey's the one who's obsessed yeah. about the fact that there's no DVD release I'm, I'm the one. I'm the one who's constantly begging for the Disney streaming service to add Bonkers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that that may be nope. some no, other good. friends of mine. But I yeah, feel like I, I, haven't, I, I actually haven't seen that much Bonkers. I just like the few that I have. I think, yeah, but honestly, I think that the fact that he made that show work with uh, just for like one season, like headlighting like basically two roles... I think that says a lot about him. Oh, yeah, he did play both the cop and the bonkers. Yeah. That actually is, yeah, definitely shows his range right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, um, so, uh, Casey? um, So I decided that I would use this opportunity to highlight a voice actor who maybe isn't uh, as uh, appreciated, I think, as, uh, as they deserve to be. And that is uh, Tress McNeil, uh, oh. who I... Uh, that was not the direction I think you were going to take that. <laughs> yeah, no, like, like uh, she... So Tress McNeil was the voice of uh, uh, many characters. Uh, let's see. She's the current Daisy Duck. She was Chip and Gadget in, uh, in Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Um, she was Mom in Futurama. <laughs> Uh, she was, uh, she's the current Wilma Flintstone, uh, uh, but the, the, and, and like what I kind of wanted to highlight the character that I, for some reason, remember her as well. Oh yeah. And dot in, uh, in, uh, animaniacs, but the, the character for some reason I wanted to highlight, uh, is, uh, the crazy cat lady in the Simpsons. And the reason I wanted to, highlight, yeah, exactly. Like the reason, the reason I wanted to highlight that one is just to demonstrate uh, how she's able to take a character who has no dialogue at all and somehow make it the funniest thing in the universe. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, and just uh, and a running gag that just is unexpected in a way that's actually just it, it's 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 always funny just because it's always yeah. really well done. Like, like in in retrospect, <laughs> considering considering uh, considering like the number of uh, of uh, voice actors, uh, gosh, there's just so many talented people that I wish I could talk about. <laughs> but uh, yeah. and, and I don't I don't know for sure that Tress McNeil is my number one favorite voice actor for sure uh, because I don't have a list and I'm not ranking them. But wow, she's so talented. Uh, and she, she's she's yeah, so she good. Is. She's so good at making characters funny or interesting, and uh, and I just think that she deserves a little more appreciation than she gets sometimes. Mm-hmm. So major respect for her. Good choice. Very, Thank you. Very much so. You're welcome. Um, so um, regarding my choice, um, I'm actually uh, I considered talking about Rob Paulson for a while, but I was like, 
Eh, Casey's going to talk about Rob Paulson. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, I and I didn't because I thought someone who wrote in would talk about Rob Paulson. <laughs> like, like here's, here's the thing. It's like, it's like I, I had a personal experience with Rob Paulson that I'll cherish forever. And as a person, he's probably my favorite voice actor just because of that. But, you know, like I, I just I didn't want to seem like I was seeped in bias. Rob Paulson is great. And he has a he has a podcast about voice acting called talking tunes and you should listen oh to my it God, really yeah he does he has he has his he has guests every episode and they're always they're always voice actors from cartoons that you grew up loving so you oh, should yeah. definitely am, check it out i am looking that up right now <laughs> yeah absolutely look listen to talking tunes it's great um that is my jam. Yeah, and it's it's mostly <laughs> it's mostly directed towards people who are trying to break into voice acting, but I still think there's like a lot of interesting stuff to glean from it. So uh definitely okay, listen to that. I am subscribed as of right now. Yeah, so so <laughs> I, I'm definitely a major Rob Paulson fan, but you know. Um but yeah, uh but I was I was considering Rob Paulson, but I thought someone would talk about it. Uh I also consider Trust McNeil as well. Um uh some shortlist. I also consider Jennifer Hale. Um, but more of the shortlist, uh, like, uh, I considered Frank Welker, uh, I considered Ashley Birch, who, uh, Ashley Birch is a really rad woman, uh, and she kicks ass and is also a really great writer. Uh, I considered Tara Strong because she is just so, she, she goes all out and falls into certain roles. She so has a fantastic career. She does. Yes. Uh, she is easily my favorite Harley Quinn, period. Yeah, and she, she um, also has a lot of range, I feel like we should mention. Yeah. And uh, uh, I also I, and I almost went with Alan Young for a lot of the same reason why I'm going for the one I actually did choose, mainly that uh, he is uh, he had such a long freaking career. Um, but really the choice I had to do, um, like in my conscience, I had to do was uh, June Foray. Um, now, uh, way back in the earlier episodes of the show, I think one of the first ones. It was in, it was in our first five, I think. Yeah, within our yeah. first five. Uh, uh, June Foray passed away. Um, and uh, I was honestly kind of heartbroken because I, I, back then I basically re-remembered how much I loved June Foray's work. She is a, like if talking about like a woman or an actor who can just fall and disappear into a voice acting role, she is astonishingly like well ranged. Like she did, uh, she basically and she could do all of her voices pretty much up to the day that she died, and that's pretty much what she did, because like up like she she didn't work her entire life. Like when it comes mm-hmm. to the voice act, she did eventually retire. Um, but she was well in her nineties when she stopped. Um, and she actually lived a hundred years just about. Um, and she had a long, interesting career and, uh, just God is a, uh, it's just, it's one of those voices that I just grew up with and just kind of melted in my mind as sort of like a important like a, an important thing that just kind of like is just not rattling around in there that just kind of pops up every now and then. And, um, yeah, I, 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 I adore her work and I am so happy that, uh, she was able to do what she did. Yeah. Honestly. So like, I feel like, uh, 
Something that's kind of special uh, about June Foray specifically is that she's uh, a very rare example of someone who uh, who was uh, a fixture in, for example, my mother's life when she was a child and then mine. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Like, that. that's one of the things that's just... It's, it's just, it's, oh my God. Mm, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying not to, I'm not trying to get too. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Like it's a, th- no. that is, that is a very, very good choice. Yes. Um, um mm-hmm. but yeah, um, so I believe, yeah. So this just, is in just Toontown Public Works. Yeah. Just, just, so I, I just three that I want to give honorable mentions to just because I feel like it's a shame they weren't brought up. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to make this into us mentioning every voice actor. <laughs> right. uh, but, Our favorite voice actor is every voice actor. But yeah, Thank like I, I just, I just do. appreciate, yeah, I appreciate so many people in this industry. Three that I was really surprised maybe didn't get mentioned. Not, not that I'm saying it's wrong. They didn't get mentioned. Everyone submitted great responses, but three that I was surprised mm-hmm. about first Mel Blank, uh, <laughs> who obviously, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that, like that was kind of shocking. It that seems, it didn't come up. seems almost obvious though. And that might be why, uh, Mel, Mel Blank, who of course was the voice of every Looney Tune, I think <laughs> like pretty much like, uh, only important ones. Yeah. One of the most talented, uh, one of the most talented voice actors in all history. Uh, the other one, Billy West, who you may know as either Fry from Futurama or, uh, uh, which one is Ren and Stimpy, yeah, Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy. Stimpy or the Red M&M. Uh, and uh, Mark Hamill <laughs> is the third shit. one. That is him. Yeah, that's him. Oh, yeah, Mark Hamill. I'm surprised. I, yeah, I am shocked no one brought up yeah, Mark, Mark I'm shocked that I didn't bring up Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill, the one true Joker. Um, the, the thing is, like, the, mm. the, the, voice, the voice acting community is just so saturated with talented people. So, yeah, mm. awesome. Uh, anyhow, oh, we can... Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, quick... Mention of a voice actor that doesn't get enough recognition. Sure. Uh, Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence is really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, but anyways. Uh, Just if we're doing that real quick. Uh, sure. George Newbern and Kevin <laughs> Conroy. There you go. Yes. Thanks to <laughs> okay, everyone. There we go. <laughs> this is- Thank you to every voice actor yeah, ever. Uh, Let's read them uh, all from a list. Yeah. Let me just get a my big uh, comically sized uh, unfurling of paper here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So thank you for listening to Town Public Works. Now, uh, so uh, regarding uh, prompts, if you want to get in your answer to this prompt or previous prompts, uh, you can or. Uh, you can always email us at toontownpublicworks at gmail.com. If you want to respond to our most recent prompt, which we're about to announce here in just a moment, you can email it to uh, at toon, uh, you can do email it to the same address. June, June, wow. I Works <laughs> at gmail.com and our Twitter at toontownpublic. That's right. Um, and the prompt for next week is... I'm pulling it up right now. That's right. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're professionals, Into the sausage folks. factory. Into the sausage yeah, factory. Yeah, so you got to see how it's made. Absolutely no... Uh, Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it the most beautiful thing you've like, ever seen? It just sucks because I can't remember any of the prompts we came up with except for which character of Shark Tales would you want to eat the ass out of? <laughs> <laughs> which, which, please, which, please, please, for the love of God, do not answer that. <laughs> please. <laughs> I forgot that was there. 
Um, <laughs> it's the Jack Black shark. Okay, so I really like this prompt, so we're going to go with this one. Did you have a favorite cartoon based off a wildly inappropriate movie IP? <laughs> Remember there, there was a Starship Trooper cartoon. <laughs> so uh, that is a really broad kind of thing, and I'm not sure how Is it how broad or is it the be. opposite? I think it's very, well, I think yeah, it's it's very a, uh, it's, stringent. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, stringent. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess stringent, but I just mean like it's like such a uh, – Broad isn't the word, but yes, yeah, yeah. is more like it. Like it is, but I like that idea so much that you know, if you have that idea, please, please, for the love of God, give that response because I want to hear more about this kind of. Yeah, thing, exactly. It's it's, this is going to be one I'm going to struggle to answer, but I'll find something. Oh, I already have two in mind. So. All right, perfect. <laughs> well, we um, mentioned some on this episode. <laughs> so, uh, perfect. Yeah, but okay. Uh, so, yeah, um, now if you just want to drop us a line for whatever reason, like if you just want to tell us, you know, we're jerks or tell us that we're neat, something or like that, uh, you can always send us a line at that Gmail address, the twotownpublicworks at gmail.com. Yep. And I will I will uh, include links to the cartoons we watched today and always in the show notes, or you can view them at uh, toontownpublicworks.com, which is a website that... I still eventually probably need to get around to making look okay. <laughs> For now, though, it's a it's yeah. a regular it's it's a standard WordPress theme blog, and you can go and you can view the cartoons we watch there. someday we'll we'll purify it someday. Yeah, someday I, I I will I will make sure it happens. Um. So uh, a couple of announcements. Uh. For one, uh, I actually wanted to plug uh, a podcast of uh. Uh, friend of the show here uh, that uh, just recently started. Very similar to our uh, show, actually. Very similar, but it's actually uh, it's uniquely different in a way that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. uh, called Flash in the Pan. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, basically it's uh, two people who uh, watch uh, cartoons uh, from like the old, old days of Flash cartoons, like way back in the Newgrounds and stuff like that. Uh, in the first episode, they talk about uh, uh, Ultimate Showdown, Ultimate Destiny. Uh, and uh, they talk about, oh, what's his name? That one duck guy? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't recall either. Uh, duck guy? Well, the, the what is, is it a duck or is it... The guy who made he made that Lord of the Rings flash parody stuff and then whatever whatever it was called I don't know I don't I listened um, but, to the episode and I don't recall either. Uh, but whatever, we're just terrible bad people. That's fine. Uh, but you, <laughs> but don't be terrible and bad and miss out on this wonderful podcast. Uh, it's just starting up, so you don't have to go through a ton of backlog. So check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I love I love the conceit of it. So. Which is, yeah, yeah. just the, the concept, because I watched a lot of those Flash cartoons when I was growing up. Um, it's, a, it's always fun to go back and, like, revisit stuff from your childhood and, like, see what happened to the people yeah. who made it and stuff. Absolutely. Now, uh, the other thing that I would like to announce is uh, we are getting closer and closer to our Patreon, finally. Yeah. Um, we uh, are just basically at the cuffs of that. We're still ironing out some of the fine details here. We actually came up with something while we were in talking here. Um, but uh, what I would, what we're planning to do, at least one thing we firmly can confirm what we're going to do, is that for one of our tiers, we are going to have a bonus podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this podcast is going to be basically uh, you, the audience, will vote on a really bad cartoon uh, for us to watch, an animated feature for us to watch. For us, uh, for something that's probably available on a streaming service like Netflix or Hulu. Yes. And since I didn't really want to come into the Patreon without any content straight off the bat, I believe the first thing that we are going to do without your permission is the Emoji Movie. Yay. Oh, boy. Uh, yay. I avoid that one. Uh, Gonna hammer uh, myself in the <laughs> for your amusement, friends. Yep, uh, it's we're gonna it's, and uh, just the only reason we're uh, even considering uh, giving any amount of monetization to the Emoji Movie is because it is now available on Netflix. Um, yeah, no, no. If, yeah. if I had to buy the DVD, I would just said it, yeah. we're gonna watch something else. But, but no, that's, it's, that's it's on the Netflix. Idea. Uh, we don't know when that's going to be available. Uh, the episodes, uh, the episodes in the, the bonus episodes, uh, we don't. Well, I don't know. We don't know a whole lot of detail, details about those yet. My uh, guess by is the time be this episode comes up, and I'm doing this right now to personally put a light mm-hmm. uh, match on our asses here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's a good uh, idea. By the time. By the time this episode comes up, we should have more like solid plans for the Patreon out, up and out there right now. In fact, we may even be launched by then, maybe. Hmm. Um, but at the very right. least, we'll have swing, the, uh, swing for the, the fences, bonuses. I guess. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe. But at the very least, we are going to have more details that are actually more firm. By Absolutely. Comes up. Stay, so. uh, stay tuned. Essentially. Um. But yeah. Uh. I believe that's it for now of course um, th- thanks as always to Aki and Alex because they are the engine that keeps this show running absolutely yes. yeah we're just a bunch thank of we're Alex. just a bunch of doofuses they do all the work um <laughs> uh, thank Alex for Alex and thank Alex for a key and thank um, wait, Aki for a key yeah, uh, and thank Aki for Aki. Okay, fine. Yes, they, I just like the idea of Alex being a deity here yeah um but um but yeah uh we are working on other stuff as well, stuff that we uh, can't really get into much detail because we just don't know what we're doing with that. But, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out. Uh, our Twitter page will let you know first before anyone else. Yep. So, uh, and with that, I'm H.T. the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. And this has been Toontown Public Works. And these cartoons have been archived. Infinite and I'm... Un-